they know they can't stand each other. You're taking all the caviar? That caviar is a garnish. Respect each other. Joe Fox. F-O-X. F-O-X. Or like each other. May I ask who you are? No, no, no. But what they don't know <gasps> is that online they're in love with each other. I don't know his name or what he does. This woman is the most adorable creature I've ever been in contact with. Warner Brothers presents... Do you think we should meet? A modern-day romance. Meet? Why am I compelled to even meet her? She couldn't be a real dog. Tom Hanks. See you later. Don't worry about a thing. Meg Ryan. <laughs> From the director of Sleepless in Seattle. What are you girls talking about? Cyber sex. Uh, uh, uh. You've got mail. I would really appreciate it if you would just go away. I brought your flowers. Oh. Welcome to our podcast, To All the Rom-Coms I've Loved Before. I'm Helia. And I'm Mary. So our podcast is one where we discuss classic romantic comedies. We give a brief recap, followed by an assessment of scenes, characters, casting, and then end the show with our favorite mo moments, any burning questions, and that stuff. Um, so today our guest is actually my sister, Layla. Layla, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Layla. I just graduated high school. I love rom-coms. They're just such feel-good movies that you can watch anytime. Um, and I'm super excited for this podcast. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy. Thanks. Thanks. We're really happy to have you here. So yeah. Layla, we asked to be a guest star for this for this episode because our um, the movie we're doing is. You've got mail. You've got mail. It came out in 1998, I believe. Um, and we thought it'd be interesting to get a Gen Zer, someone who grew up with the internet, um, have their input on this movie. So um, I'm going to pass it to Mary, who's going to give us the recap. Yeah, so just a brief recap of this movie You've Got Mail. Struggling boutique bookseller Kathleen Kelly, played by Meg Ryan hates Joe Fox, played by Tom Hanks, the owner of a corporate Fox Books chain store that just moved in across the street. When they meet online, however, they begin an intense and anonymous internet romance, oblivious of each other's true identity. Eventually, Joe learns that the enchanting woman he's involved with is actually his business rival. He must now struggle to reconcile his real-life dislike for her with the cyber love he's come to feel. Oh, just saying the word cyber made me feel like I was back in 1998. <laughs> uh, so... Okay, uh, Helia, you suggested this movie. What is, why did you suggest it? What's your relationship with this movie? Tell All us right. more. So I was obsessed with this movie when it came <laughs> out with a capital O. I couldn't see it in the movie theaters because I was too young. Yeah. Um, I was, I think, eight years old. Yeah, we were a little young. We were, we were quite young, but we got it. I knew I, I loved Meg Ryan. I knew her from the movie Anastasia. Mm-hmm. Another movie I was obsessed with. So I wanted to watch all the Meg Ryan movies. And this, so we went to Blockbusters, rented the VHS. I kid you not, I would watch it. This is on like VHS, then yeah. hold, then rewind it, which involved holding the rewind button and then watch it again. Like, I think I watched it three times in one I'm, day. I'm impressed you knew Meg Ryan was Anastasia. I don't know if I was up on the, who was the voice actors when I was a kid. So that's kind of... <laughs> There's a song at the end of the credits, 
speaking of rewind, I would rewind Anastasia too. And if I didn't have time to watch the whole movie, I just rewind the credits so I could watch, listen to the songs again. <laughs> and then it like says the stars' names without the rolling credit. And then I like Meg Ryan's like a pretty easy name, even for an eight-year-old to like recognize. <laughs> but thanks, thanks for um for. So, what did you like that. about this movie that you had to keep rewinding and watching it again? You know what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't either after I've seen it. Because <laughs> I was like, at most, I was like nine years old at most because like it came out in theaters in 98. So like at most I was nine when it was on VHS. Yeah. I think I like related a lot with the character. I love, I was such a book nerd. I was yes. very like quiet, shy. I like, my mom, I had, a, I had like a, you know, quirky personality, but I, I didn't like really I wasn't very like loud or anything and I liked that the female character like she was loved for her thoughts yes and for loving the books and I actually read Pride and Prejudice because Meg Ryan suggested it <laughs> Pride and Prejudice it comes up in every podcast about rom -com. it comes up in every podcast but fun fact I hate the book Pride and Prejudice <laughs> you do Oh my god, it was awful. You should read, um, Curtis it's just a style of writing. did like a modern retelling of it called Engagement or Engage. Uh, it's pretty good and it's not as dated feeling. Um, yeah. Okay. But I, I, my first reaction to watching the movie now as a 30-something-year-old yeah. was very nostalgic. I found okay. myself, I still remembered all the scenes. So like every time a favorite scene would come up, I was like very excited. Um, I actually still had, and Layla can attest this because we watched it together, like, a desire to rewind. Um, now, now rentals, like, streaming rentals are 48 hours, and when you had a rental at Blockbusters, it was a week, so, you know, I had, I could rewatch it more back with Blockbusters than now with Amazon. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, but it was, it was a lot of feelings of nostalgia. I mean, I still loved it. Um, I thought it was still real cute. Yeah. I did recognize that my love and excitement for it probably came from a place of memory and like getting those feelings rise up. I think if I saw it for the first time now as a 30 year old, I'd probably like, I'd enjoy it, but I don't think I'd love it. Yeah. How about you, Mary? What was your, um, initial reaction? sure if I had seen this movie before. I thought I had maybe seen it once or seen pieces of it. If I did, I don't remember it at all. So for me, it was my first time. Um, and this might be like a hot take, but I was not a huge fan of it. I, I, no. always heard, I know, I'm sorry. Right, a podcast first. I, this is, I only took the second episode for me to not like something. But, <laughs> but I actually not usually that picky with rom-coms. I just, I felt like this one, maybe part of the problem was I had it built up a lot because people that love it really love it. And like you, you know, watch it over and over again. But dare I say it's overrated? Um, for me, it might oh, be- Oh, Mary. Okay, hear me out. For me, it might be in part because it's not nostalgic at all. I really, I kind of had an interesting, I grew up without the internet. I didn't have the internet growing up. I didn't really use it um, unless I went to the library or something for school. So I didn't even have my own email address uh, until college. And I certainly did not have, you know, AIM or AOL or anything like that. So I, I don't know. I noticed most of the people who like this movie, they either have some nostalgic connection to it like you do or they're from the Upper West Side, which is like the most glamorous character in the movie. 
Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, at the same time, I thought it, I like Nora Ephron, you know, movies at least kind of, um, I like the themes of them. And I think this movie is a weird mix uh, of sort of dated, but then also oddly prescient. Like there's some interesting predictions that they make that come true. And I do think it is very good observational humor. Um, like she has some line about like hats always being mistake purchase, something like that. But there's, there's like, like a lot of lines in this movie that are very classic Nora Ephron. Um, I thought it was a little thin on plot. I thought it could be shorter. You know me, I like a tight 90 yeah. minutes for a rom-com. Um, and it kind of reminded me in some ways because they're the same stars of a, like a spiritual sequel to Sleepless in Seattle, but I think that's a better movie. Yeah, I can, we, I mean, we'll do sleep, we'll definitely do Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. And I think but, we should, uh, I think we should do Serendipity, and I love that movie. And this movie is so similar to Serendipity, I'm not sure why I didn't like it more, because they're very similar, and like, the leads always kind of just missing each other, but for some reason, I don't know, this is kind of a drag for me. I was like watching it and I thought, oh, maybe I made a good ways. And then I looked down and I was six minutes in. I was like, oh, I gotta finish this and finish this. Um, yeah, I mean, but I can, I can appreciate why Sleepless in Seattle is considered more of a classic than You've Got Mail. Yes. I can appreciate that more, so. Yeah. I just think You've Got Mail's cute. Like, I just think it's very cute, but Layla, what were your um, first impressions? Yeah, like, this was the first time you've seen it, mm-hmm. and yes. um, you've never, do you even remember AOL? No, yeah, I <laughs> no, but I, I've heard about it. Yeah. Sorry, one more time? Yeah, I was wondering if you knew about AOL, or like, you've got mail, or does that mean anything? No, I mean... Did no, I mean, I do you have an aim account? No, no, no I, I, I killed it. We're no. so old. no, I've I've heard people talk about it, but nobody like you know, even MySpace is old for me, right? So, oh, oh god, <laughs> so yeah, but um, after watching this movie, I just kind of felt like like it wasn't a heavy movie. I just felt you know it it would i would almost use the word simple because mm-hmm. it's not too um you know over straining on any of your emotions but it's it's just like a feel good kind of thing and you can watch it anytime and i feel like um like anybody could could relate to um not only her 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 struggles and um like you know her confrontations with um tom hanks character but also um her kind of the two parts of her life um one for a relationship and the other for her business and and those two worlds colliding kind of um messing with her a little bit yeah 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 that's a really good observation and I didn't really I mean it was I'm like a career woman and it was interesting to see how my nostalgia took over and I was definitely willing to like you're like, yeah, she loses her business, whatever. She's going to be with Tom Hanks. <laughs> I know. That is the biggest conceit of the movie. I, I completely agree. I'm like, how can you? But yeah, he, I mean, it's Tom Hanks. I mean, it's, um, but that was just something when I was watching with Layla, I remember you kept being like, but her business, but her business. Yeah. Yeah, and, definitely. Um, yeah, that's interesting. That's like a really good point, that, that clash between, between the two. Yeah. So um, what about... Did you, what about any iconic scenes? Did you guys have a favorite? I mean, Mary, I know you didn't love the movie, but were there any scenes that? No, no, there are definitely some, some highlights of this movie. I, even I can admit that. Um, 
Yeah, scenes I like, I don't know if this is an iconic scene at all, but I actually liked the Cafe Lalo scene when- Oh, um, no, so, wait, I'm gonna interrupt you right now. Please. That is an iconic scene because, um, I don't know if we we talked about, I don't think we talked about it, but this is actually a remake of a movie shop around the corner. So I read that in the internet research and then I also, I've seen another remake of it that's a Broadway musical called She Loves Me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like almost exactly the same plot, except yeah. There and there, there are there are nods to these movies, but I'm pretty sure I'm like I may have hallucinated this, but I so I saw a shop around the corner on AMC one night. Oh, you did. And they have so that scene with Cafe Lola, or like yeah. the scene leading up to the scene where Dave Chappelle and Tom Hanks are like talking. I'm pretty sure that scene wasn't shop around the corner. Okay, interesting. Um. Our listeners can let me know if I like totally made that up and hallucinated it, but I'm like pretty sure that that is, um, that 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 is like considered an iconic scene. Yeah, but, so I like that because I thought it was I thought it was fun. Um, you know, I thought there were some funny moments when you know he obviously knows uh, who she's waiting for, and he's like kind of busting her chops, like, "Well, this guy's late." Da da. And it does kind of build to like a confrontational moment where she basically calls in a suit and he's like, okay, like that's my cue to leave. And you can tell he's really hurt. So I like that because it had a lot of kind of both humor and emotional weight in a pretty short scene and kind of the buildup of, you know, meeting each other, except not really, because they've already known each other. Just, just he knows who she is and he doesn't, she doesn't know who he is. Um, so I like that. And then this is kind of a throwaway scene, but I like the Cranberry song and the shots of New York and like, oh yeah, yeah, we're here in the fall. Um, I thought those were both fun. What about you guys? Did you like? Uh, um, well, I was going to say, how about let's take a quick break. Yeah. Um, and then we'll, when we return, we're going to um, hear what Layla has to say is her iconic scene. Hi, Romcom fans. We're back from our break. Um, there was no commercial because we do not get paid to do this. Um, I got hungry. So we are back and we are going to hear what our um, Gen Z rep is going to say her, um, what she thought was the most iconic scene. So Layla, take it away. So uh, the scene I actually, you know, that came to my mind was the scene where um, Tom Hanks' character comes to her apartment when she's sick. Oh! Mm. Yes. I don't know. There was just something so sweet about it. And and it was almost like, like neither of them had the energy to argue or bicker they just were there and just accepting what was happening yeah it was a very sweet scene it was at first I wasn't sure if she was sick because you know she yeah I couldn't tell she was like faking it yeah and and then I was like oh she's definitely sick (laughs) it was definitely it was she did such I love how cute she is when I mean so that character really influenced me as an adult and if you notice like, there are definitely quirks I've picked up. Like, when I'm sick, I try and tap into that character. <laughs> <laughs> I would never have known that. And just the whole thing, I don't know. I mean, this is a podcast. I can't see it. But she does this thing where when she's thinking and doesn't know what to do, she, like, swivels her head. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I definitely picked that up from her. But that sick scene is, like, her at her, like, quirkiest. Yes. 
because she mm. just like has no energy and you're right Layla that's like a pivotal point for them because they um it's super honest like she, she, she says like oh there's this guy I know from the internet you know yeah. like like it's just it's it's really honest right there and and he doesn't judge her or anything obviously because like like he's um he knows what's going on you know it's interesting you, you keep using the word quirky Helia because I'm thinking did they have hipsters in 1998 I don't think they I don't think so so it's like you know she's quirky she likes books she's kind of like a Jess a new girl but there's there's no such thing as hipsters yet so yeah her, her, her nuances like are one. yeah her nuances like are her own you know yeah, yeah. I guess you could say one of her, well, this is more for the character section, but there is a character that, like, I guess will be the closest thing to a hipster, but we'll save that for our next segment. So you guys- I think I know who you mean. That's a good call. You guys picked my two favorite scenes out. Like, they're the cutest. Really? I'd, I'd say if I was to add one more to this, like, for the trifecta, um, it would be when they first meet- in the bookstore before him, they know that he's Joe his, Fox. Yeah. And the whole F-O-X. <laughs> and I just think it's like when, like, they clearly have this spark. So funny thing about that scene that came up in the, I think, the IMDb trivia, you know when he, like, is leaving the bookshop and he closes the door on the balloon? Yes. And they were like, oh, and then he goes, good thing it wasn't the goldfish, and she and um, Steve Zahn, like, laugh. That was improv. He accidentally closed oh my the door God. on the balloons. These are the <laughs> things that make people like Tom Hanks just like yeah, stars. Yeah, and Nora Ephron liked it so much they, they left it in the movie. And a lot of the um like more risque lines from the Birdie character were also improv. Like the, really, oh, I, I tried to do cyber sex, but it what was it like? It was still dialing up or something <laughs> like that. That that was an improv line. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I think that that, it was like, you know, you can sense they have a spark and they just have this, like, thing, like a very worldly thing between them, but in terms of their personality, like, she doesn't judge his family's, like, quirky, like, you know, his aunt is, like, this little kid, and then That's his brothers are even meet. younger than her. It's an interesting meet-cute, I think. It's it's not the typical meet-cute. No, it's very, it's, yeah, it's, I think it's very innocent, um, and then, and he definitely likes, you know he likes her because he doesn't want to give his last name, and I don't know what his, like, end game was. Well, and he's in the, and he's in the, <laughs> he's in the that's something we haven't even talked about yet, though, yeah. but we'll, um, it's, it's really, it's the first time they meet in person, because they've already yeah. met before the movie even starts in the, in the over 30 chat room, which we definitely need to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff to dissect here, but I think that, um, that that was just, like, even though, like, I always think about that scene, even before, right before they meet, and you see how they, um, go into the bookstore for the reading and like Meg Ryan's reading the raw doll the raw yeah. doll book um and I mean she's just so good like I mean I would just sit there for two hours and listen to her read and then you can are just... really good uh readers I guess like yeah storytellers like it's just it's a it's almost like acting it's just a specific yeah Obviously, yeah she's... exactly um, um so you I can say that out. was the first time Tom even saw her because that's the first time he would have seen her Yes. And you can see why he, like, maybe preferred her company over his, like, quite abrasive girlfriend. 
Oh my gosh. I mean, they make it clear in the first five seconds they're not ending up with either of those people. Yeah, I think what's interesting about them, um, this is a digression, but what are we if not digressors? <laughs> Um, is that, like, on paper, like, they're with people who they have so much in common with. Yes, and they make on that the point. surface. They make that point in the, in the breakup with Frank. They're like, they yeah. should have to you know. They just, and, like, you know, he's living with this woman, and he's like, yeah, like, I mean, they're, they're what you imagine that they're good part they're um, a good partner for them would be like she's a top editor like has a publishing company like he's in book sales you know they just like on the surface it makes sense she's very business-minded yeah but then I think that's like the whole point is though when you get to the core of someone and who someone is at their root um maybe like they actually weren't like compatible like he still had a heart <laughs> Yeah, no, I thought you know, thing, they're all in books and publishing, or, like, the other guy was a journalist. Yeah, yeah. they're all you know, in like, It was cool. Like, ironically, um, online dating in general has this, rep like, reputation of being just on the surface, like, just what's on paper, but in this movie, even though they were, they, they got to know each other online, they got a more core view of each other. You know each other better oh, than people that have dated oh. Yeah, that's so true. Those are so interesting. You know, I didn't think about that how, I mean, when I would do like chat rooms, like for teenagers, like you never sent pictures or videos. Like that was a big no-no. I didn't do chat now rooms. Now it's like a huge part of the culture and you're right. Now it's oh, like. You know why though? I think this is, they didn't really talk about anything superficial. Remember they were like no names, no jobs. Like they just talked about Here's the book I'm thinking about, and like you know, just very personal thing. Mm -hmm. So they kind yeah. of, I guess, a lot of the, I, Mary, you, know, you said you didn't really use the internet much before college. I uh, know, so I really only used it for even in college, like you know, research and uh, writing papers. I'm sure I went on YouTube and stuff in college, but not not all the time. I will say, like I, I mean, not when I was watching You've Got Mail, but in like high school, I like did actually like enter some chat rooms and talk to people. And there was someone I think he lived in Ireland that I like pen pal with. That's funny. Yeah, I remember my um, my grandpa used the internet. Like he was very tech savvy. My mom's dad, my, we called him my papa, oh. and he, I think he had AOL, and he would do like chat rooms for. Yeah. I, I don't know what the interests were, but they were very specific. My, my AIM username, uh, I guess I'm the only one here with an AIM username, yeah. was the most emo thing ever. I can't even say it. <laughs> okay, I'll say it. I have to say it now. It was Black yeah, Rose. It was what like was Black, Black Rose and then um, 3490. I was going to say you were Black Rose, but then 3490. Okay. No, it was Black Rose 3490. Well, actually, I had two eight. I had some, if you were really cool, like, you you know, I don't know why we did this now in retrospect. Like, why would you do this? I had two screen names. What? That's what you called them, screen That's names. That's like a Finsta. You know, have you heard of that, Layla? Like a Finsta? Yeah. Some people have, like, a burner account? Yeah. yeah. So I had a burner account, too, but I ended up using both of them, and my friends would know, like, I don't, I don't even know. I, like, they had the same. I was so stupid. I don't know. I think I just couldn't pick a screen name, so I decided I have two. But my second one, because I was also, you guys get, get like, all our listeners are going to realize I have a very obsessive personality. I was also obsessed with the killers. <laughs> So my other yeah, screen name was, was Mrs. Was Brightside. <laughs> yeah, who was it? And I remember like seeing a fan-made YouTube video once of like, um, I'm Mr. Brightside to like Harry Potter as if it were a love triangle. Oh my God. 
when he got married, people like sent me condolences messages on another on like MySpace. Brandon Flowers is that the lead singer? That's the lead singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like definitely the star, like Adam Levine. Oh my gosh! But yeah, all right. So to go on another transgression, Layla, that's like a really interesting point you make. How now, like online dating is like more robust, but that um people use it's it's actually now become quite shallow. Yeah, and I think it does yeah. for being shallow, but I guess with pictures out of the, I mean, this, one thing I was thinking about, this is pre-catfishing, like, this is assuming they are both over 30s and, like, professionals and in New York, like, now you can't really assume any of those things when you talk to someone online, right? Like, no. people mm-hmm. get very sophisticated, but um, this is another kind of transgression of staying on theme, but uh, I think if we all had an honorable mention, in the top five would have to be the grocery store scene, right? He pays for oh, yeah. That's so That captures, like, when you don't want to run into someone, and then not only do you run into them, but you have a prolonged encounter with them. Oh, I, my God. I also... Speaking of scenes, I will always, always, always prefer the movies that take place in New York City because, like, I mean, I've lived there for eight years. Mary, you what lived about, there for four what years. What about playing New York City? Like, in 27 Dresses, Providence plays New York City. Do you like that as much? Yeah, I just like, I like, I enjoy seeing it. So when they're in that grocery store, I was, like, so excited because, I mean, when I watched the movie when I was a kid, I never lived in there. But watching it now after having lived there, I was like, holy shit, like, I've been in that grocery store. That's, like, they actually did trivia. film um, it in New York. Item. That was the first movie allowed to film in Zavars. They didn't let anyone else. Yeah, that's, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Layla, you were excited about that scene for a different reason. Which one? Why? The grocery store. You recognize the lady who played the cash yes! cashier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a cast member from Grey's Anatomy. Yes, that was the first thing I recognized for her, too. I was like, wow, like, you, when you see these cameos, you're like, these people have been in the biz a while. Like, I always thought Grey's was Yeah. Like, oh, she's been acting a while. And then Chris Messina is Lincoln, you miss it. Um, but Danny from Mindy Project, he's one of the Fox yes. sellers. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, those are really, I mean, I really, it's hard for me to pick a favorite scene in it, but you two definitely said the big ones. And I think a good honorable mention is that grocery store. Like, yeah. you just see how charming Tom Hanks is. He He's really great. It's really he's great. really charming. Um, but that's a good point with the, this is obviously like, at a time before catfishing was a thing, like, that they could just trust each other, and I, I actually was wondering if the chat room they were in, like, well, no, they said they both, they started talking because they both realized they were in the Upper West Side. Yes. No, wait, did they? I think they, they talked about New York. I don't think she knew he was Upper West Side. Until oh, you're right, Park, you're right. So this is in like, New York, I'm and they- I'm also very familiar with, I mean, I've done so many 5Ks in Riverside Park, and, um, yeah, it lo- I mean, it looks exactly the same. Yeah. Um, so those are, I mean, there's, there's so many other scenes we can go on, go on, like, we could just do a whole, I could just sure read you guys the whole script if you wanted to, but let's, um, let's move on to characters. So, um, casting, well, we, we kind of already referenced that Meg Ryan, America's Sweetheart in the 80s, 90s, early 2000, maybe, um, and then we have Tom Hanks, who's now America's dad, but at one point was like, I don't know if you call him a heartthrob, but... No, I think he's like an everyman. He's not like a Brad Pitt heartthrob. He's like a, oh yeah, like, 
you know, he would be a nice father to my yeah. kids. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, everybody's future, he's everybody's baby daddy. Before he was everybody's dad, he was everybody's and, uh, baby daddy. That, that, that sounds promiscuous. He's like everybody's baby daddy to their own self. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I've seen SNL too many times because I also now when I see him, I think of David S. Pumpkins. And this came up in Quiplash, like with my cousins. There was a round of everyone loves Tom Hanks because, and I put, I'm David Pumpkins, and that was the winning answer. <laughs> so I think in this generation, they maybe don't know him as well, but we definitely know him as, yeah, he's in a ton of rom-coms and just important movies in the 90s and 2000s. Um, so Meg, you know, I already referenced Meg Ryan from Anastasia, but she's in a lot of Nora Ephron. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so she's also in, um, When Harry Met Sally, which oh, we'll do. Oh, that's right, that is Nora Ephron. Yeah. We gotta do Harry Met Sally. We have to when Harry met Sally. Um, and then I think Sleepless in Seattle is also Nora Ephron. And I think when Harry met Sally is probably regarded as the best of those three. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, so that's interesting. It's You, you see that Nora Ephron definitely had a preference for Meg Ryan. But, um, I mean, I think they were perfectly cast. I think Meg Ryan's just, like, absolutely adorable. She, like, I mean, she wears, like, pretty plain clothes that just look comfortable. Yeah. Um, she does. And I notice the most edgy thing she wears is to that one party where she just, like, where she realizes that Joe is Joe Fox. And um, he, she's, like, wearing all black. Like, that's, like, the most edgy thing. Like, she doesn't wear anything permissive. Like, she's not, like, particularly sexy. But when we were watching with, when Layla and I were watching it, we also watched it with Ricky. Yeah. Uh, my partner, and he kept saying that he thought Meg Ryan looked like a boy. She definitely has, like, a short, like, a, I don't know if Page Boy's the right word, she has, a, like, the cropped haircut that was popular. Yeah. Um, but what know. do you, well, so. I think she wasn't flashy. Yeah, she wasn't very flashy. Um, Which, that's like, a good... most women probably working on the Upper West, uh, working and living on the Upper West Side, I mean, I don't know, I'm trying to realize, but, like, probably most of them dress like that, like, stylish, but relatively, um, it was like the pixie look. It was very cute. I definitely wanted that haircut. She pulls it off. Um, what were what did you guys think about casting? I mean, I think that they have great chemistry, and that's apparent in Sleepless in Seattle, and that's apparent in this movie. And it almost reminded me of like um uh, Julia Roberts and Richard Gere. They did Pretty Woman, but then they also did this movie called Runaway Bride that I love. And mm -hmm. it's it's like that. It's like putting on a you know a comfortable old coat or something. Like they'd have yeah. pretty easy chemistry that's really not forced and I, i'm sure we'll see some rom-coms and we'll talk about some rom-coms in this podcast where like the chemistry is not as good as it is and you've got mail even in the few scenes they don't really have that many scenes together if you look back on the movie yeah oh that's true they don't and they become friends in the end but up until then they don't have a ton of no mostly, it's like, like talking about the other's alias online yeah no that's true i mean i really i mean there's a there's a smart spark in the meet cute but in that scene where he visits her when she has this sick and she's like laying in bed and he like puts his finger over her mouth to be like, I'm going to stop you from saying something that I know you're going to regret later. I mean, that like made my heart flutter. Mm. You can just really see that that's like just Tom Hanks. There's like, something that, that happened that I could not separate from Tom Hanks. And another example, when he does the, I'm, you can't see me on the podcast, oh, yeah. shrug kind of below his elbows, little, little yeah. he's like, hey, it's me. Like I've seen him do that before. Yeah. Speaking of the whole, it was him the whole time. He did like. 
especially in that Cafe Nola scene, or Lola, whatever it was, yeah. like, he was really laying it on thick that it was him. Like, he goes like, oh, I bet you read this book all the time. I yeah. bet it makes your heart flutter on, like, if... And then there was another reference he made, like, oh, like... Because it's like, does he want to figure it out? You can tell, like, even he's conflicted as to whether or not he wants her to know. Yeah, it's, um, it's very interesting. So, so I feel like it made... One thing I was worried would happen when I rewatched it is feeling like, isn't that weird that he turned out, like, isn't she going to think it's weird? But then when I, like, now I appreciated that there were a lot of hints that if she was, like, hoping it was him, that she, there was, like, reason. She was hoping it was him. She was, like, yeah, she was so hoping happy. it was him, but it wasn't out of, like, wishful thinking. Like, she was, like, putting the pieces together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't crazy about, you know, him being in on it most of the time, and then she doesn't know until, like, the, you know, last hour. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he, they're both likable in these roles. Like, we can yeah. all that, I think. That's what, that's what happens in Shop Around the Corner as well. And, but that one's real cute because, um, so in Shop Around the Corner, I remember that when they were supposed to meet and he stands her up, or stands her up in quotes, but he shows up, she was um, she was supposed to wear something and he was going to wear, he was actually supposed to wear a rose on his lapel. But then when he sees it's her, he takes it off. Oh. And then goes, um, so, and then when he reveals that it's him, he takes the rose and puts it on his, <gasps> his lapel. Oh, I didn't notice that at all. No, no, that's not in this movie. It's in the re oh. it's in the original Shop oh, Around the Corner. Because it didn't happen. Oh. Yeah, there's a lot of um, there's, like a, there's actually a lot of um, references like that, but um, probably little, probably little things like her Kelly. Kathleen Kelly, Meg Ryan's character. Her her shop is called Shop Around the Corner, and that's an homage to the original. And then when um, uh, yeah, that's clever. Yeah, and so speaking of. Oh, I guess I can talk about this in this character section, but um, her mother's name is Cecilia, so that was the name of the female lead in the original movie, too. Oh, that's a pretty Yeah, movie. Cecilia. Um, so when he referenced, and then they wrote letters, because it was in the 50s, and then so Tom Hanks referenced, he knew Cecilia, and he references her penmanship. Huh. So I thought that was cute. Oh. Um, but yeah, Layla, you guys, I mean, have you seen much Meg Ryan or Tom Hanks movies? What are your, what is your context with them? So, um, I haven't really seen much of Meg Ryan besides, you know, like some older stuff, but Tom Hanks, what I usually see him in is, um, like more powerful, like, um, more powerful movies like, um, Castaway or yeah. Captain Phillip, things like that. I haven't really seen him in a lot of, um, feel good movies. <laughs> so, or like, like rom-coms. So I, I associated him as more of a, like, I don't want to say serious actor because I don't, I don't want to, like, discredit the other types of things that he did, but... I know what you're um, saying. You have to kind yeah. of pay your dues with some lighthearted roles to get the cast mm -hmm. of probably. Yeah. Um, I almost, like, I hate talking about how women look, but Layla, have you, had you seen anything with Meg Ryan before? Have you, like, seen her lately? So, so... Before we started um, recording, I actually looked up Meg Ryan and um, her picture popped up. And I'm yeah. assuming that's what you're talking about based on your introduction of this 
um, yeah. basic sentence and um and she does not look the same <laughs> no no I was like wondering if well I was like if before you saw the movie if you like knew of her seen anything new if you like what your impression was seeing how she looked now I mean this was I feel like she was at the early ones where they had these like plastic surgery it's gotta right. be weird to be a movie star I mean movie star tiny violin but it's gotta be weird to like have a you know, just a visual, like, film recording of what you yeah. were when you were young. It's probably hard to watch. Yeah, it's hard, but yeah. I, like, you know, now people talk about Renee Zellwinger having her transformation, but, like, before Renee, like, Meg Ryan did it. Um, I mean, like, she's beautiful. It's just, like, I had never, um, she, she wasn't, she wasn't, like, a, um, an image in my head, basically, all the time. Like, I heard Meg Ryan's name, and I've also seen her in, in movies, but, like, the, it just didn't connect, and so she wasn't in my, like, memory. Yeah. Um, but, are like, you, when I see her, I'm like, oh, that, like, it's that girl. Like, yeah, she's really pretty, you know, so. Are you more yeah. familiar with, like, Sandra Bullock, Julia Roberts? I would say they're the other Americans. Yeah. Maybe they're a little Yeah, older. I am. Yeah, I think Meg mm -hmm. Ryan is probably the, either the oldest of the three or made the oldest movies, like. I mean, I think she mm -hmm. definitely got the earlier star. She had her, um, her what do you call it when her start her um breakout role debut breakout role earlier because she like she and tom hanks actually had another movie that i've never I heard know of about that. yeah i still don't know about it it's like joe and the volcano something like that it's like um it was like in the 70s let me i'm i'm, I'm listeners i'm googling the 70s oh it's called joe it's another it's another movie where he plays a joe it's Joe versus the volcano, and it was made in 1990. They look real young in it. Okay, I'm um, not 70s. Yet. I was like 70s. Would have been. Sorry, sorry, it wasn't no, in the 70s. That was my Tom, bad. Sorry. No, no, I don't know, but I think you're right. I don't think Tom Hanks is like a spring chicken in this in this role. Like he's definitely older than Meg Ryan, which is yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, I don't but, know. I don't know why I said 70s. That was that was. I think it was because the pictures of it look. I mean, if you guys listeners and my co-host, if you just <laughs> Google images of Joe versus a volcano, it just looks very grainy and old. Let's see. While we pause, but yeah, it's um. Yeah, I see what you mean. She looks really young. She looks yeah. really young. So um, but that was something interesting. Mary, did you come across anything in the trivia about casting? Um, I actually don't know if these these were written for anyone or not written. This is not an original story, but I don't know if they had anyone else in mind. I think Laura Efron probably handpicked both of these because of them already starring in um, Sleepless in Seattle and being great together. But I actually don't know. I don't know if there's any other like sort of um, casting alternatives. I do think the, uh, the, the boyfriend, girlfriend of both of their characters were well cast. I really enjoyed both of them. Yes, I agree. Um, and I was kind of excited to rewatch and be like, oh, that's right. Um, so the actor who plays Frank, um, Meg Ryan. Yeah, I mean, he's just so well cast. Yes. He's I, so good. He's so good. What else is he in? So I like see his the, face. Have you guys seen the remake of Sabrina? Yes. Like he managed to make uh, Harrison Ford look like the other guy. I mean, he's yeah. just so attractive in that movie. And then Leo well, kind of plays a younger brother, right? He's supposed to. He, he, the younger brother's he's, supposed uh, to be more. He's David. He's David in uh, Harrison Ford's Linus. 
And then I don't know if you've seen the last song, Layla, but he was Miley Cyrus's dad in that. So oh, no. he plays Miley Cyrus's mm. dad in a matter of I don't know, ten years. It's tough. Oh my gosh, I love that movie, and I did not make that connection. And he's in Little Miss Sunshine. Yes, he's actually had a great career. Yeah, he's he's a really wonderful actor, and he you can really see he has a very small role here, but you can really see his like breath of talent. He's a great actor. Um, what about the who played Tom Hanks's girlfriend? I don't even remember her name. Her Patricia. Part, oh yeah, I don't remember her name in the thing. Yeah, she. Um, I mean, she was in it really less, but that dead. actress is someone else who I feel like I've seen her places, but. I couldn't place one though. I don't think she's as well or as widely. Um, no, but I thought she she was very well cast. Um, um, she was very good at playing like a very abrasive, very abrasive publisher, I guess. But I mean, she's a personality of one. But interestingly, you know, we give her a hard time for this, but. There's another rom-com, The Proposal, where Sandra Bullock plays a publisher and is very abrasive and is the lead. Yes. That's so maybe, like that's maybe, like, that's a, the, the, the side story. You know, you've got mail, and then you have the spinoff of Patricia, and she proposes to someone to whatever. <laughs> I think Patricia will be just fine. I, I think she'll, she'll move on from Joe. Yeah, she's getting her eyes lasered, right? Yes. <laughs> Have you ever heard so, of this? Like that? What other, th then there was, um, yeah, what about the, the people that work in Kathleen Kelly's store, Meg Ryan's character's store? I, I loved Steve Zahn. I thought he was the standout. So that's who I thought is the hipster. Is that who you were thinking? Oh, I thought you were thinking Frank, just because he's so, like, I had these views. Oh, yeah, no, else. you're right. Frank, um, totally. But that character is so good. I mean, we can talk about, like, favorite lines and things, but I think he makes so many funny quips and observations, including the very prescient, oh, like, why would I go on the internet and just get rejected by more, why would I go online just to get rejected by more girls? And a lot of people still feel that way and don't yeah. really you know, online dating or apps for that reason. It's like, oh, I'm just going to get rejected by more people. He is just so, and then the woman who plays, um, well, I guess the other person who works with her, she didn't even say her name. She did, Christine, the young one? Oh, Christine, yeah. She's like, it sounds like she's a graduate student. Um, yeah. But she's also like in everything. Yeah, so, she's Sandra Bullock. So Christina, her name was Christina. Christina. And she's also, she's in Miss Congeniality as like, you know, she always plays like the friend. She's, she's in two, two weeks notice. notice. But she's also, she's so cute and she's very good at playing this like anxiety. She's like, what happens if like, if the shop closed, like right away, she's like, the shop's gonna close. <laughs> and then I'm gonna like, where am I gonna live? It's very cute. Um, so I thought she was very good with that. Um, and then the other, the other person, the cast, who I thought was really well casted was, um, uh, Birdie. Yes, she was great. She's great. She was, she was a really wonderful, um, I mean, the, I, I don't know, like, if, if they were going to write a character for anyone, it was for, um, it, w it was for um, Jean Stapleton. She was just like so perfect. She was great in this. Um, so what about, I'm gonna ask each of you, would you be friends with Kathleen Kelly? 
Mary? Uh, I think so. I, that being said, the Heather Burns character, I feel like every time they talk, they're talking about Kathleen's life, which I guess is standard rom-com. You know, the best friend is yeah, there. Yeah, oh, that's point. true. But it's kind of like all about her. So that might get tough. But I, I think common interests, um, she seems like a genuinely good person. Yeah. But I mean, the other thing with Heather Burns' character, Christ well, now I know Christina, is that she's like much younger than Kathleen Kelly. Yeah, she is. Usually if she's like, you know, if you talk with your boss, and she's her boss, and like an older role model, you usually just want to talk about them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess they are kind of more employer-employee relationship than friends. So that's a good point. Um, but yeah, I mean, Meg Ryan's so likable. Sure, I'd say I'd be friends with her in just about any role. She's a little crazy in French Kiss, but that's another movie. Oh yeah, she's, um, yeah. we'll come back to that. We'll do that one too. <laughs> what about you, Layla? Um, I think I would definitely be friends with her because, like, she's just so easy to talk to, I feel like, but at the same time, she has, like, such a, um, um, an, an upbeat energy and and she has such a like will to do what she wants and like mm -hmm. she's strong but at the same time she's not like her, she's open-minded you know and like mm -hmm. she fights for her shop and and she doesn't just like um she she doesn't just like jump um you know on Tom Hanks character um uh, you know because her shop is her priority you know the first time she meets even though she knows that they had that connection she um is still like careerist and I like you know appreciate that yeah. at the same time she's flexible and it was able to to you know uh consider his other side so yeah. um so I really like that I think I think we would have been good friends yeah she it sounds like she, she like she was able to see she was able to see that he has a really good heart. Yeah, so she, she's able to consider perspectives. Yeah. I mean, you both know how I feel about oh, her, yeah. considering I've already said, like, I based, <laughs> I, like, picked up quirks from her. Yeah, I'd love to be friends with her. I think she's, and I mean, but some of the ways she even talks, like, I kind of want to go on this website now and read her emails, and there's actually this one particular email that she sends where she's like, she's feels like her things she sees in life, like makes her think of art. And she goes, shouldn't it be the yeah. other way around? And she goes, I don't even know if I want this question answered. Like there's an, maybe it's in the same meal, but she says like, there are things where I, I like want to put it out into the void. Um, and when she says stuff like that, it really resonates with me. And a lot of times in my, like, adult life, I've thought about that line. And I think anyone who probably mm -hmm. in most of their world is through books. Yeah. Really does. I mean, I think I was a big book nerd, so. Same. Growing up, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I just, I think even if, though I don't have as much time to read now as Kathleen Kelly does, um, or... I think being having someone to talk about with books that way, and the way she gets carried away with it, it's very cute. Um, I don't know. And I still love like children's books too. After I saw that movie, I wanted to open a bookstore. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> I don't know. It's just had an impression. But um, okay, so we'd all be all fine. Right. So we're going to take another break 
and um, next we'll see if we would date the male lead, which I feel like we're gonna have some disagreements on, but we'll see. Up. It might be up for the debate. <laughs> it may be up for debate. All right. Welcome back to, to all the rom-coms we've loved before. Um, so when we left off, we we're talking about characters and cast. And um, so our next question was, would we date the male lead, um, okay. Mary? Would you date Joe Fox? Oh, okay. So, I mean, the way that Meg Ryan met him, I mean, probably not. Like, it's unconscionable that she could still fall in love with someone who, like, drove her and her family store out of business. Um, but I don't know. I think, like, Tom Hanks himself is very charming and likable. Um, for the most part, there are some things that I was like, ooh, this is like, you know, it gets into another section, but this is shallow or this didn't age well. Like right before my favorite scene, when he and Dave Chappelle are waiting to see what she looks like, and he's like, "Oh, she, oh, I knew she was beautiful. I hope she's beautiful." It's like, okay, like, chill out, you know. And then when she's trying to, <laughs> when she's trying to, um, you know, think about like what this guy could look like, and she's talking to Tom Hanks about it, and he's like, maybe he's really fat, you know. It's just like fat shaming himself, kind of. Like, I don't know. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna interrupt you at one point because when he's with Dave Chappelle, he does say, "Listen, he could look like a mailbox." I know the writing's like all and I'd be an idiot not to marry. Again, we're ignoring the fact that he's emotionally cheating on Patricia. No, you're so, you're so, they're both cheating, I guess. You're so right, like, I mean, but that's the problem. I don't think it's a well-written well scene. Like, I think he's a little all over the place, and I don't know, they kind of just go for laughs. Um, and I think he's a nice guy, but I think there's too much about him liking the Godfather, and that's not a personality trait. Like, it's just, oh, men and the Godfather. Like, no, like, have more personality, Tom Hanks. That's my stance. So I probably wouldn't date him. That's a Tom Hanks thing. He likes Godfather? Loves the Godfather. And I read that Tom Hanks and I think someone else, and maybe the, um, the director of this, loves the God. They have Godfather. Like Tom Hanks attends Godfather movie nights. That's funny. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Tom Hanks? If you're not into that, you're saying that you not only would you not date Joe Fox, you also wouldn't date Tom Hanks. I don't know. Hey, Tom Hanks, to be honest, which is also an unpopular opinion. I'm going to get roasted after this podcast, but... What about Tom Hanks' son? Yes, I would do. He's quite Tom handsome. Hanks is cute. He, like, got the best parts of... Well, actually, I don't think his mom is Rita Wilson. It's someone else, right? But I feel like he got the best parts of Tom Hanks and his mom. Yeah. Layla, would you date Joe Fox? F-O-X? <laughs> Um, so I actually really, I, I, like, appreciated his, like, clever, witty, um, like, behavior without being too much. I like that part. I liked, um, you know, if we just took his personality apart from the fact that he, um, took her, like, business out, you know, um, Apart from that, I think that he he's very charming and, and smart, and, and he puts a lot of uh, effort into her, which I appreciate. You know, he's he's not just, like, in it for a short, sweet time. Like, he, he really appreciates her, um, again, apart from the whole business thing. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I, think I, I think I would date him. Kalia, do need we even ask? So I, yeah, I would date him, of course. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he put her out of business, but this is actually more of my, this really isn't even coming from a place of nostalgia. 
Like, this is my, like, more practical side where it's like, yeah, he did that, but he's not a malicious person. He's not, but I, mm-hmm. I don't That's think he true. owns up to his uh, part in her undoing. And what I mean by that, there's a line with him and the girlfriend, Patricia, whatever her name is, where he's like, I can't believe you're offering your job, da da. And she's like, You are the one who drove her out of business. You're yeah. the reason she doesn't have a job. And it's like a very right. insightful comment. Honestly, I guess I just feel like that's capitalism. <laughs> like, that's a different podcast. We're talking, we're talking capitalism. That's a different podcast. I know. It's like, maybe I just want listen to too much like Planet Money and stuff. But this is the thing that as a consumer, like, yeah, that's great. Okay. And, you know, it's, it's a good thing to have. And I, to all our listeners who maybe don't know me, I am very liberal. Do not confuse me otherwise. But I do like when capitalism works well, like. I don't know. And I think, I also feel like if there are real people, you know, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, their characters, and you met them, they would tell you the story of how they met and it would just be insufferable. It'd be like one of those couples where you're just like, I disagree on a chat room cute i think it'd be like yeah that's adorable like you forgave him but then also the other thing is she's not like destitute she starts writing yeah and she has a children's book and she gets offered like all these jobs and then the other um steve zahn's character like is running a department in fox bookstore oh i didn't realize he was running a department i just knew that he deflected to fox books he defected a fact so Tom Hanks says, like, yeah, he's running the children's department. He won't hire anyone without a PhD in children's Oh, work. I do. Okay, yes. That was funny. Uh, yeah. He's a great yeah. character, too. Okay, so so you and Layla would duke it out for Tom Hanks. I'm, I'm out of the run. <laughs> I think he's, like, very... I mean, definitely his son is more... Well, also more within our... I mean, his son's our age, so that's, like... But if I was, you know, in my 30s and 98, like, yeah... <laughs> I mean, you, you definitely do worse than dating in New York in 1998. You could do worse yeah. than something Can that- we also talk about the fact that they randomly met each other, like, in a chat room, and they both, like, happen to be attractive? Like, I mean, that's a, that's a suspension of disbelief, I think. I mean, how many- you think Tom Hanks is hanging out in an over-30s chat room? I know. What's he- what the fuck's he- isn't he, like, also, a millionaire? Like, I think it's a little strange that she went in on her birthday. It's like, were you that eager to be in a 30s chat room? Like, and to go in a club <laughs> as a joke? I'm like, oh, girl, come on. What's Frank doing? I, Frank is probably on his typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that gets us to our next question, which is, what are who are the unsung heroes? Uh, can I go? I have one. All right, go ahead. Okay, so I love Steve Zahn. I've already said this. <laughs> the bookstore uh, co-worker, the one male co-worker she has. I like his line about the internet just being another way of being rejected by a woman. And the whole kind of spat with Tom Hanks where he's like, oh my God, that's why um, it costs so much because it's hand painted. And he says, no, that's why it's worth so much. And I thought that was an interesting line. Kind of the difference in uh, worldview between, you know, people like Tom Hanks, who just want to go for the discount, and people like him, and Meg Ryan, yeah. who are like... Oh, what does Meg Ryan say? She's like, he compares books to things of olive oil. Yeah, olive oil under the bed, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or under the uh, sink. And yeah, I think he's a great character, and then this isn't really unsung, but like, New York is definitely a character in this movie, and I think it's great. Yeah. It makes you want to go to the Upper West Side, and just hang out, and go to, th- go to a farmer's market. I mean, like, it's, it may, because right now, with the pandemic, I'm staying in, um, in Ricky's apartment in New Haven, it really made me miss New York. Yes. It was kind of amazing to me how little it changed, but also how much. This movie was obviously pre-9-11, and you yeah. can kind of sense that there. 
um, most New York movies that are made afterwards kind of do something to kind of like give a nod. Yeah. Um, but like there's this, and then, but also the, the thing that was super New York about this was the fact that it was super Upper West Side. So for anyone of our listeners who's never lived in New York, people are very devoted to their neighborhoods. And Upper West Side is a very specific phenotype, I think. Yes. Right there. Um, so all I can say is I'm sure Kathleen Kelly's mom left her a ton of money if she was able to afford that apartment. Yeah, well, and there's a funny line, I'm jumping ahead to my favorite lines, but there's a funny line about how, and this is a real thing, there's such a thing called, if you guys probably already know, but rent-stabilized apartments. Um, the rent control. Rent controlled, where you're just sort of grandfathered into whatever the rent was years ago, so it's just, you know, And so they can't change up. it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, people will literally give these up to family members. They will die in these apartments. Like, if you have a rent-controlled apartment in New York, you do not let it go. Yeah, you're high on the hog. And it's interesting. I mean, I know someone who, um, she and her family are in a rent-controlled apartment, actually uh, close to Upper West Side, Columbus Circle. And uh-huh. everyone in that building now is a yuppie, and it's millions and millions of dollars um, per apartment, and they're in this rent-controlled, still nice, but um, just grandfathered into that old price of the apartment. So it's kind of it's a real right. thing in New York. Are you thinking of the line with um your, with your unsung hero? I love that line. He well, I like the line that is said back to him because he's bragging about his rent-controlled apartment. And then I want to get it exactly right. What does she say? Um, she's kind it's, of rolls her eyes. She's like bragging about rent control. It's like those people who brag because they're tall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. Because it's like completely unearned. The people who are tall are smug about it. Yeah. They're real smug. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's a really great kind of um, way to put New York City as an unsung hero. Yeah. It's, um, it really does have a very strong role. I mean, they talk about it. He says, I love New York in the fall. They meet that's in a, a classic line. garden. It makes me want to buy school supplies. That I like. Yeah. What about and the whole, like, seeing the shop owners open their thing, like, it's very, it is very, like, um, for as big as New York is, if you live there a long time, it can feel very neighborhoody. You know, you yeah. know, like, the bodega owner of wherever you get your odds and ends. You know, like, the people that are at your Starbucks. Like, it, it is very neighborhoody. Yeah, I agree. Um, Layla, what about you? Who's your unsung hero? Uh, I really liked um, Birdie. Yeah! I thought she was, like, a... Yeah, she was like a surrogate mother. I thought she was so cute. And and um, what's that archetype of uh, of like a what is like the mother willow tree kind of thing giving advice? Oh man, you can tell. Um, I really liked is, her. Close um, to uh, education, basic education. Because I was like, wow, archetype. It's that IB education. <laughs> that that IB education. Yeah. And, like I obviously haven't taken an English class and. 15 years. Yeah, we're talking archetypes. This is, everyone's got to step up their game. That's yes. nice. Like, all right, so, <laughs> yeah, you love Birdie. He's, she's, so, but why is she an unsung hero? Like, what makes her the hero? I think, like, like, she gave Meg, um, Meg Ryan's character, or Catherine Kelly, um, just someone to talk to, you know, honestly, because she, she couldn't tell Frank what was going on, obviously, in the beginning. And then um, and then her friends at the bookstore were, um, like, coworkers, right? So, um, but Birdie, would, like, knew her mother and, and was, was, like, ingrained in her family. Mm-hmm. And so, so just, like, 
her advice was, I feel like, really influential. Yeah, and, it, and the funny thing is she didn't even, like, tell her what to do. It was just, like, yeah, the way she, like, set an example. I remember yeah. when um, when there she was saying that they'd already been making less money after Fox Bookstores open, and then when the author comes by, like, oh, my God, are you guys going out of business? And she goes, there's no difference. Yeah. No difference yeah. whatsoever. You thought there would be after all that press. That was a little bit of a, a curveball. What was? I thought they would have made more money when she they had the all the publicity. Yeah, I know. Well, that was actually all a little bit based on also a true, like, this, this is something that happened in New York City and in Holly, you, um, oh, yeah, um, something that actually happened in the Upper West Side, where after Barnes & Noble opened on 83rd Street, yeah, um, they, which is actually, they filmed the Fox Bookstore takes place in that Barnes & Noble. Fox Books is very obviously a Borders or Barnes & Noble. Yeah, so they're saying that um, there was a lot of concern for this, like, local bookstore chain. It was still a chain. They had three locations called Shakespeare & Co. Okay. Um, so people did protest, and, um, but actually Shakespeare & Co. in the Upper West Side did have to close. Interestingly, though, because of the up... Um, you know, with people buying more books online, Barnes and Noble's doing worse, and um, you have these right. like, little little bookstores come up again. I wrote that down. It's a little pressy. It's a little ahead of its time in the sense of instead of um, you know it being Fox Books, it's Amazon. You know, yeah. taking over these big big stores. And I yeah. remember bookstores were like, you know, happening places to be almost like a mall or something. Like I, growing up on Saturday nights, I would go with my family like to the bookstore and we'd hang yeah. out there, and the cafe was like packed, and that. You know, Barnes & Noble in my hometown, it's still open, but it's not like that anymore. It's a little sad. No, I still love, I love Barnes & Noble, and I love Borders. I was pretty sad when they closed. Yeah, I went to Borders more than Barnes & Noble until now. Barnes & Noble's the only one, and I think the only reason it really survived is because it moved to online. And, and yeah. like, you know, and they, they also got the Kindle, like, or not the Kindle, they got Nook, you know, their own version. So you still have, like, um, and they still have, um, people that are devoted to them. Um, and if you have like a $25 annual, so $25 for the whole year membership, you get a discount. Mm -hmm. um, so I think there, you know, that's like, these are things that allowed it to survive that Borders didn't, but it is like for places with high real estate where having a big store like that costs a lot of money, these big stores are um, not really doing so well. Yeah. Um, Do you have an answer? Yeah, I mean, I think Birdie was definitely one I enjoyed. I think she has, like, some really quirky lines, like, um, when, um, when Kathleen comes back from, well, the Cafe Lola scene, after she gets, she thinks she gets stood up, and they're all trying to make up reasons on why it happened or where he was, and then she, she Birdie goes, well, and then they just go, I think Steve Zahn goes, he was um not like he makes up a fancy way of saying that he wasn't there she goes he stood you up <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was also very realistic like it reminded yeah. me of the beginning of um he's just not that into you where they're like you're too awesome that's why he's not calling you back like that's such a friend thing to yeah like, it's yeah, such a friend thing it's like it's like of course he is but also you have to say that well he said I, he stood you up before then too and then the yeah. The other thing that, I mean, that's a great one with both your heroes, too, because it's also Steve's on right before that scene. He's, like, he's the rooftop killer. <laughs> that was, it was like, he was arrested just, like, a few blocks down from from the cafe. 
So I think that scene generally like captures. I think if there is another, um, if we have like a maybe third place unsung hero or an honorable mention if we have New York City in the top three, um, I'd say Dave Chappelle's character, I, I Kevin. Say that, I, I mean, he is the one. He's under He's underused in this movie, I think. Like, he's so much funnier than what they showed. Yeah. They, didn't, they underused him. Do you know the backstory for him being in this movie? Please share with us. So, you guys have seen Forrest Gump, maybe? Yes. So, uh, he was supposed to be- Wait, wait, Layla, have you seen it? I've seen clips of it. I haven't watched the whole movie. You might have heard of, like, Bubba Gump Shrimp Company and that character Bubba mm-hmm. in the movie. So, he was supposed to be Bubba, and they sent him the script, and he was like, not good, not going to be a hit. And it was Forrest Gump, who actually was a huge hit. So Nora Ephron offered him this role or, you know, through Tom Hanks and gave him a second chance to work with Tom Hanks, which he jumped at. So even though probably it wasn't as good of a, you know, I think the, the Bubba um, role. Yeah. Really acclaimed I will say, I can't imagine Dave Chappelle as Bubba. He's funny, though. I mean, I think he can make anything work. I think he's like, Yeah, I guess so. But Bubba's also a real serious role. True. True. Um, yeah, I mean, I love him as Kevin. That scene, I mean, he's the one that tells Tom Hanks, like, where he goes, yeah, um, she kind of has a strong resemblance to that Kathleen Kelly. You don't like Kathleen Kelly? You're not gonna like her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he goes, why? And he goes, it is Kathleen Kelly. <laughs> That's a great scene, too, because I feel like that is something that happens where you're like, I can't look, you look, tell me, what does he look like? Like, that's kind of, you know, I also think it was, like, Pretty, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Mary. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, that's it. Um, the other thing that maybe these are ways that it, um, you know, it feels very relevant now, but we have a Black character, like he's a side character, but he was playing an executive. Yeah, I do feel like this is a very white movie, which is probably a problem of most 1998 movies. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, but yeah. But he, I mean, he wasn't playing, like he, instead of giving him the role of like, um, the small shop that gets, you know, they have him as like one of the executives. Oh, like yeah, he's, he's taller. He's in the fancy gym on the treadmills. Yeah, the 90s. he's like um, chilling out. Yeah, I think I love the one point where where Tom goes like, "Don't you work today?" He goes, "No, this place is a well-oiled machine." Yeah. <laughs> it runs itself. That was great. Yeah. It runs itself. He's so good. But you're right. It didn't definitely didn't tap into like how funny he is. No, he's so much funnier than that role. But uh, yeah, definitely important to give him a shout out. So shout out to him. I mean, he he gave the warning. That's it's like, um, all right. So next up, we have the Bechdel test. Okay. Um, Mary, why don't you tell any new time listeners what the Bechdel test is? The Bechdel test. Um, I think it's a cartoonist who came up with this, uh, Alison Bechdel. But basically, to pass the Bechdel test, you need to have two female characters in a movie talk about something other than male characters, other than men, and. Interestingly, a lot of rom-coms do not pass this test because the best friend's, really, best friend's really only there to talk about the boyfriend. Um, but this movie does, and I think we know this because everyone's favorite is Birdie, and she has a couple of scenes, not just one scene, where she talks about her mother with Birdie and her future yeah. and what she's going to do after, and she is queerist. I think that's yeah, why we, we did have the store. There's this other plot line, like even though we said the plot was pretty thin, but there was this other thing with Kathleen, which is her store. Right, and it means so much to her, and I, I, you know, I mean, in a way, it's not surprising that it passed, because she is a very well-rounded character, I would say. Um, so was there any scene in particular that, you know, that, like, struck a, like, that you really felt? 
was this is what the epit this is like not even just a pass the Bechdel test but it was like a strong pass um yeah I mean I think her deciding what to do with the rest of her life I guess indirectly, you know, she was out of business because of Tom Hanks, but it wasn't, it wasn't about Joe Fox. It's not what they talked about. It was about she, you know, her next steps and Bernie being like, it's going to be okay. And then I guess Bernie did say she, you know, dated that guy who's running Spain, but you know, that was, I wouldn't. That was at the end of it. That was an aside. And she also didn't want to talk about, she goes, oh, not worth time. But she tells Kathleen, like, she's like, closing is the brave thing to do. Like, yeah, she's like, you're going into the unknown. And like, I think that's a really... And any conversation about mothers, um, you know, Layla and I share parents, she's my sister, but um, it was kind of special watching, um, watching that movie. And I wonder like, like, and also thinking about my mother, cause you can just see how strong, um, strong her Kathleen's relationship with her mother was. And then there are a lot of, even when she talks to Tom Hanks, she's not like, it, the, their conversations are philosophical she like dedicates an email to her you know she talks to her like it's at christmas i really miss my mom i don't want her so much i couldn't breathe i mean i think that was really yeah things like that um i mean that that's that's not doesn't qualify for the bechdel test but then there is a conversation with birdie where um kathleen asks birdie like what would mom do and she goes let's yeah. ask her she says yeah. she doesn't know <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, definitely definitely passes definitely passes yeah, I think it was a pretty, which is surprising considering, like, I mean, you're saying that the best friend just that only talks to if her. The best about. friend was the only ancillary female character, it would not pass, I don't think. No. Layla, what are your thoughts? You're on, you know, um, oh, I think her. Uh, her?
but uh, there's a lot of parallels with that. And I think, you know, them just missing each other, that happens in Serendipity and other movies. Oh, that's right. They do miss, like, they miss each other a lot. Yeah. yeah. They're like passing each other. They don't know of each other. It yeah. preys on like this fear of like, oh my gosh, like my person is out there and I'm like literally just passing them at Starbucks, not even knowing it's them. Like, I uh, think that's a very real fear that some people have. Um, and, you know, not much of a, you know, extended trope, but she, in the very beginning, it's sort of like everything is beautiful because she's in love and she likes this guy and she's like, oh, listen, you are great. And someone's like yelling and swearing out, coming out of the cab. Yeah. Like, I kind of remember the guy from 500 Days of Summer, like when he, you know, is in love with Summer and everything's just like happy and blue and birds. And, like that very much reminded me of other movies. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the best friend we already talked about, but, you know, I wish we learned more about them. They're mostly just sounding boards. I know. Dave we, we, I guess we didn't have our last, um, our last episode, 10 Things I Hate About You, talked about, like, the strict dad. We didn't really have a strict dad, but we had, like, a hippie mom figure. Yeah, I mean, if anything, his dad's not strict enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, Joe Fox is dad. Because at least he didn't marry Jillian. Yeah, I thought it was kind of progressive having a runoff with the female nanny. I was, like, not expecting that. Yeah, that was funny. Um... Uh, but yeah, not even a trope, but I, I've already said this, like, I don't like how they kind of broadcasted how obvious they were with the wrong people. I mean, Greg Kinnear's name was, was Frank, no offense mm -hmm. to Frank, that's never, like, the right guy. And just, it, it was very obvious they were with the wrong people, I thought, too obvious. Yeah. Um, something that I thought was, like, anti-trope was just generally Frank's character, like, he's super likable. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely, I think, a little narcissistic, like, but he goes to bat for her. He's likable. I think I would date. I think I would date Frank. You would date Frank? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I mean, he like he writes that piece about her, and like he goes on TV. I mean, granted, he flirts with a woman on TV. <laughs> and I think it's implied, it's implied that's who he ends up with. Um, yeah. This probably goes more under like moments I liked, but since we're talking about Frank, may as well wrap it up. I love their breakup scene. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Because it's kind of the perfect breakup, and this does happen, like, rarely, where two people are on the same page, like, yes, we should definitely break up, and they kind of laugh about it, and it's the most chemistry I think they have in the whole movie, is when they're like, yeah. you don't like me either, oh my gosh, but, uh, yeah, and she says something so great, where he's like, is there someone else, and she says, no, there's the idea of someone else. Yeah. You know, what, everyone who breaks up with someone without having someone lined up, like, That's yeah. That's how they... You know there's someone I mean, even if you don't have a breakup, if you're just thinking of someone and everyone's like, do you like anyone? It's like, no, there's this idea. Yeah, I thought that was great. Um, so yeah, lots of tropes, but then I agree with you, some anti-tropes. Some anti-tropes. What was the other anti-trope um, I mean, I that think I just thought of? I think of, like, I... the meeting out of order, like the timeline of everything was a little different than the traditional oh, The other anti-trope was that like, it really glosses over the fact that they were both effectively cheating on their significant other and there was no like... Yeah, there's no there repercussions no, for the yeah. protagonist, yeah. Normally it's like an antagonist that's cheating. And at the... how they get around that is they kind of make them, although Frank we liked, but they make, they usually make them unlikable people so you don't have to feel And that. then I guess like they, the friends like on the bookstore, like the first scene she, or the sec, the scene in the bookstore where she tells them about, she's like, we don't do, like, it's just talking, like they're just friends. Yeah. But then it's like, are they? Because then Tom Hanks does reference, like, I'd be crazy not to marry her. Yeah. So it's like, but are, it, I guess this goes back to when, Siri met, when Harry met Sally, which is like, can men and women 
such a that's probably gonna be a lingering question for Karen that's Sally podcasting yeah you know, can they be can they be friends all right so um Layla do you have any comments about tropes anything you notice um was different from this being a a rom-com from before you were born compared to the rom-coms <laughs> that you're used to now like do you notice anything like or anything that you like was you were familiar with um well I I just something that comes to mind is the coziness of New York during winter time yeah I feel like that was really that was conveyed really nice in the movie um and I feel like if any film is going to be made in New York during winter time, they're going to try to convey that as well. Yeah. Uh, I usually hate winter. And to be honest, I don't really like New York in the winter either. But until Christmas, it's re- it is cozy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good, that's, that, that, I, I've never really thought about Christmas as a, as a rom-com trope, but it is. Yeah. Um, all right, so this is, <laughs> I think this one's pretty obvious, but test of time. Is this movie remakeable? If it was remade, how would we change it? And is this movie dated or is it ahead of its time? So I know that's a lot at once. I, I only presented these questions all at once because I feel like in for this movie, they are going to overlap. They are overlapping. Can, can it be both, though? Can it be dated and ahead of its time? Because... Yeah, I think some, so. In some ways, it's... I mean, AOL, over 30 chat room, not no catfishing, etc. In some ways, it's very dated. And in some ways, it's very pressing. Oh, sorry, sorry. That's my background. That was my bad. Sorry, oh, no listeners. Um, but yeah, in some ways, it's dated. In some ways, it's very ahead of its time. I mean, even Meg Ryan complaining about you know, you don't want to get off at 72nd and Broadway and not feel like you're in New York City. Well, what's at 72nd and Broadway now? It's like Trader Joe's, Patagonia, Lululemon. You know, like, it really doesn't feel like New York. Upper West Side has totally gone that way in some, you know, at least. So, yeah, I mean, I think it was both. Yeah, that's true. Um, The AIM thing and the whole dial-up, like, I had to tell Layla while we are watching, he's like, oh, that's the sound the internet made when it was starting, because you had to... I did not know, because I never had internet. I didn't even know what dial-up, like... Oh, my God. And then your mom, when you go on the internet, your mom yells at because she has to use the phone. It used your your phone connection. Yeah. So I love that. You would, like, go Uh, make a sandwich and wait for the internet to come. Yeah, it took forever. So it was, like, um, interesting to me that, that... I was like, wow, they got their emails so open so fast. You usually have to, like, wait. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember something I wanted to say that's super dated. Brooklyn being an undesirable place to live. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Brooklyn, it's like, in, in the 90s especially, it was like Manhattan or bus. So if you're a Manhattanite yeah. or you're, like, not a New Yorker. Now and it's like, now if you live in Manhattan, you're considered to be, like, really snooty, which is ironic because now everyone that lives in Brooklyn is a hipster and buying yeah, it. Yeah, it's, really it's a weird paradox of, like, hipster, but also super not affordable. Yeah. So I thought that was funny, and I was like, yeah, yeah. it's showing its age. Layla, what was it? I feel like you're really good with answering this question. Like, how do you feel like this movie was dated and in what ways did it feel ahead of its time? So, so the first thing that comes to mind is in the beginning when they are um, like chatting. And I remember mentioning to you, I was like, wait, don't they, don't they have like relationships? Like, why are they even doing this? (laughs) And, and, and like you guys did like mention that they just glossed over the fact that they're effectively cheating. But, um, 
but it's like it's like oh like this isn't like a relationship thing it's 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 like now if if this were to be recreated if someone has a relationship they're not gonna go and talk to somebody else because that's why they have this whole relationship and if their significant other found out that this was happening like it would not go over well yeah Um, yeah, you wouldn't yeah. go. You wouldn't go in a chat box. I think it would be like room. if it were me now, it'd be like Reddit or something. Like it'd be, you know, two people yeah. on Reddit or yeah. I don't know whatever the kids are using these days. No, but, Reddit would be a good one because you don't because it wouldn't be a dating app because like dating right. apps are awful and like unless you're really sleazy, which neither of these characters are, you don't really go on them when you're in a relationship because like Layla said, the whole point of being in a relationship so you don't have to go to these things. Yeah, it mm-hmm. have to be something where you like talk to people in a very innocent way, the way the chat rooms used to be for like a very brief period of time. I mean, they weren't that innocent, but there were innocent areas. Um, And I think Reddit can be that too. Like, I think it's possible to become friendly with people without that like romantic. Yeah, they're on like the Upper West Side Reddit. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Like right now on more like non-innocent things like Instagram or Snapchat, they like call it sliding into DMs, already insinuating some sort of um, intention, you yeah. know. So, um, so yeah, I felt that part was kind of dated. But also, um, also, even though she was careerist, I feel like the fact that I know this is like the reality, but the fact that the male lead not only got her business, but also got this relationship, it's like very ego boosting. And, and even though she fought for her, her shop, it's almost like, like, um, at the end, it doesn't matter, you know, Um, like, she kind of just like, even though she didn't, like, one could say that, like, she kind of just like, let this happen. And now, um, if someone was, not so secure in themselves they could feel like they're under his foot like he took my business he's in he yeah he has control of my emotions manipulated her into falling in love with him it was really right to fall in love with him kind of separate from all that or i feel like it wouldn't have gone off the ground as a relationship right oh, and then um no sorry it's, go ahead, Layla. yeah just like like in in general and like also you guys were talking about like the the body images and things like that um like again I feel like um in private maybe people still have those conversations but um but that kind of broadcasting I feel like wouldn't happen right now yeah it would be written very differently I did like the kind of innocence of the you know the excitement that you've got male because I think that captured when you first Mm -hmm. started dating someone how exciting like every little text is and you don't really know what they're gonna say. That aspect is timeless. Like, like they did kind of predict. Like, when you get that text message from that yes. person, like, yeah. it, whether it's regardless what the media is, because in, in shop around the corner, it's like it's actually like mail. Yeah. You know, it's it, there's that exciting moment where you have a notification from them, and whether it's snail mail, email, or a text message. Well, you know, real quick, my parents' courtship was mostly through mail. They did meet in person. They were they were set up by mutual friends, and dated very briefly and then we're basically writing letters long distance for I don't know however many months July to March and then got married in March and or got, got married in June after meeting in July the year prior so all happened in under a year 
That's very cute. And they're still married, you know, 35. That is so cute. And they have Baby Mary. Baby Mary. Yeah, their greatest accomplishment, obviously. Their greatest. (laughs) Um. (laughs) For you guys that haven't seen Baby Mary's baby photos, they are actually the cutest. You guys miss out. Like, your life isn't fulfilled until you've seen Baby Mary's baby photos. Yeah. All right, so I guess if we were to remake this movie, though, one thing we'd say, like, it wouldn't, it obviously wouldn't be email. Like, or, and it probably couldn't have been text message either because it definitely wouldn't have lasted that long. I think if they remade it, they would have to swap Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan's characters. Yeah. I think that's the only way they could pass the whole, like, this movie's definitely not very feminist like it doesn't spark the feminist oh, in no. me. I mean, just the fact that she yeah gives up everything. yeah i mean it's i think for it to be remakeable and that's how they remade um what women want they remade it and made it what men want oh yeah i didn't see the remake yeah so in that case i feel like it'd have to be a woman um to be tom hanks's um i think character. also they would have to you know it's easy to think that uh, rather than email, we should progress in the technology. But um, if we were to remake it, I think to maintain the amount of prose that they were writing, yeah, uh, they the remake could have them communicate through letters, and then that would also contribute to their quirky personalities. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sure so. there's like some kind of um, like now like, we don't people text, are looking like for we're different. Yeah, or like people are always looking for hobbies now. Like, like you can imagine me like, oh, my therapist suggested I join this like pen pal program, and then he's like, oh, I joined this pen pal program to like, yeah, that's that's really clever, Layla. That it have to almost it would have to go backwards, like to something slower. Yeah. Slow the relationship down because everything nowadays is just so fast. Sliding mm-hmm. into DMs. Sliding into right. DMs. Slide. All right, so we're going to take one last break. One last break. And um, we will end with our, well, we've decided to rename the segment Burning <laughs> Desires, which basically is anything, you know, we'll go over any left, any um, it's not burning as dirty thoughts as we have. So say that again. Not as dirty as it sounds, burning desires. We're going to, it's all feelings. It's all about thoughts and feelings, and um, we'll discuss any lingering questions. Okay. All right. Hi, welcome back to, to all the rom-coms I've loved before. We're um, going to do our final segment now called Burning Desires, um, where we'll talk about um, any burning feelings or sentiments or anything we haven't discussed yet that we couldn't fit into any other topic. We just throw into this one. So um, did you guys have any, what, any favorite lines? Um, we didn't really talk about music in this one. I mean, well, Mary, you mentioned the Cranberry song, but anything you like really want to get off your chest about this movie? Uh, what about you guys? I feel like I talked about a lot of mine already. Same. I mean, I, like I said, I felt pretty simple about it, you know? Yeah, we yeah, talked um, about New York, we talked uh, about Greg Kinnear, we talked about Steve Zahn. What other, um, oh, oh, the quote we talked about, um, is there someone else? No, but there's a dream of someone else. I think that's, you know, I talked about already, but it's kind of scary to break up with someone without a concrete someone else sometimes, and I think they capture that. And then one thing I did want to know what you guys thought of this line, all this nothing has meant more to me than so many somethings. Oh, I love that line. I think that's cute. It 
resonates. I love right? that line because that's when you like. I feel like you really know you love someone, whereas we can do nothing with them. And like, so true. I mean that 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 line's perfect. Like you can do nothing with someone, and it's more valuable to you than like productive. I've had like dates that are like adventurous and productive, but I just like didn't care about. And I think, yeah, and I think by the same token, even if it's a short-lived thing, if it's someone you're really invested in or excited about, it can mean more to you or be a more formative experience than someone you dated for, you know, years. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I mean, there are a lot of lines I love. I love the FOX thing, obviously, because I keep saying it a lot. So did they. One of the scenes we didn't talk about was when she realizes he's Joe Fox. She goes, Joe Fox? You're Joe. I got that Joe Fox thing was so cute. F L X. And I thought that was like um really I don't know. I like it was like an anti meat cute. Um yeah. it was like a realization. But then she also goes, the other line I like she goes, that caviar is a garnish. <laughs> oh like, yeah. Totally something I would do too. And I don't mean the caviar is a garnish, like calling him out. I mean doing all of the caviar. Like I'm I'm a picky eater. I've been known to pick around the I think he like he ends up taking more. I think that's really funny. Um, well, is I, I like how how like just like proper she is, but at the same time like a free spirit. Yeah, she yeah. has a nice balance of that. So something we didn't really talk about was like their use of computers. So nowadays you see like you can almost tell if Apple is is like you know, invested money in the movie or, like, donated money to the cause or something or, like, has some share because, like, you'll see all the characters using Apple phones or I don't even know. But now this one was interesting because you had Kathleen actually use the old Mac. Yes. um, Joe Fox used the PC. Uh, So at the time, Mac was actually considered to be not, it was, like, the one the artists used and, like, the hippie, (laughs) like, the more professional one. Um, and then jo- and it kind of matched their personalities. That's still kind of true, I feel like, in a way. Yeah. The I engineers mean, of the world don't usually have masks. No, they have the PCs. It's like um, kind of created to be that way. Yeah. Going back to the movie being ahead of its time, I read that Meg Ryan, this was her first computer, like the producers gave her a computer. Oh. So oh, we, I don't cool. think, yeah, when this movie came out, it wasn't like everyone had the internet. I mean, we certainly didn't. I wouldn't have it for another 10 years. But yeah, yeah it was ahead of its time, for sure. We didn't, I mean, I don't, I don't remember when we got internet. We had, I remember we had a Comcast computer. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I actually don't remember when we got one. It was definitely after 98. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the drawbacks of, like, writing about or doing a movie about or anything about the internet is that it's very quickly going to become dated. Yeah, I mean, I, like, know, um, I don't think we had it when I was watching it, but I do remember, like, hearing you've got mail from someone, so I think I knew people with AOL and email. Yeah, and the story Frank says in the beginning of the movie, that's actually a true story, that, like, the governor of Virginia or wherever had to shut down the games on a computer because it was taking away from productivity. That's crazy. Even though back then there were like three games, Minesweeper, Hearts, and Solitaire. But imagine now what they would say if they saw people that are like on Facebook all day at work. Oh my God. Layla, I think you'll find this cute. Our parents, when we had our first computer, this was like a 90, maybe it was in 98. So we had a computer in 1998. So I remember we had a 98 Comcast, but we didn't have internet on it. 
um, we didn't get internet till later, but Layla, you may think it's cute. So our parents um, would sit at the computer together and play solitaire. Aww. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Time they did Minesweeper. They would do that together. I, I would go on paint. I liked paint. Yes. No, no. I remember like um, when I was little and bored and I didn't have anything to do, like dad would show like how he would play solitaire and then Minesweeper <laughs> and then I would mess with the paint um, application obviously I like it wasn't as advanced to actually make anything artistic but just to play with but um yeah um, that desktop lasted us a while they made computers like now I feel like you got to change your desk your laptop every four years but mm-hmm. we had that computer for a while so um yeah I just that was something um like I had thought a lot about um I mean, remember, this is before, like, even Google or traditional search. Oh, that's right. I don't think kids now would even be able to envision a world. But it was funny because even though I didn't have internet, I felt like because I, when I did use it, it was at the, the library, I probably had more sort of research tools than people yeah. had used it all the time, but mostly used it for AIM. I mean, I remember being, like, fifth grade or something like that and at a friend's house, and she had to do a report on, like, George Washington, and she literally typed in www.georgewashington.com because she didn't know anything about <laughs> And I mean, you can only imagine what came up. It wasn't anything useful remotely. But, that yeah. is so funny. Now Isn't that odd? Never... I mean, I feel like if you told someone Layla's age that story, they'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, why would you ever do that? Why would you do that? Google it. It, it reminds me of that episode in Parks and Rec where Aziz, I'm sorry, oh character has to cut off from screens. And then he sees Jerry <laughs> ask Jeeves. Where is my email? Yeah, Jerry goes on Ask Jeeves and like Alta Vista, please direct me to my homepage. <laughs> it's great stuff. Parks and Rec. Oh my god. But yeah, I mean this um that and was this isn't like it's not that it's aged poorly, but it's kind of more obvious when you watch it, I guess, as an adult. A lot of product placement. Like it could be an AOL funded movie. Just yeah. the fact that it's in the title and then there's Starbucks, but that isn't really a distraction because like of course these yuppie-ish characters would all go to Starbucks. Yeah. Other West Side. I don't know. There's a lot of like product placement. Most of it actually the staying power. I mean Starbucks looks very similar to how it did in that movie. The other thing I the other thing I love that we didn't so much talk about like you know we talk about her being quirky but I do love what when I watch this I love seeing her go from like the person who's like stunned silent to getting her like claws out and then she calls like joe a suit yeah um and then the way he responded to the email after standing up he doesn't lie to her in that email that's very important Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know if he'd be able to come back from a silly lie no and um so i thought that was that was very cute and the other we didn't really we talked about the shop around the corner the one of the originals um, but there are actually other homages to other remakes. So there's another remake of the same storyline where um, um, Dorothy from Wizard of Oz, who was the actress that played her? Garland. Yeah, Judy Garland starred in one of them. So there are actually a bunch of homages in the movie to Wizard of Oz. For oh, interesting. Garland, because she was also had star- starred in one of 
not in shop around the corner oh, but in another over the rainbow is that song at the end that's a yeah, good it's one. in the song but also like you see um the day when kathleen is sick you see that she was reading wizard of oz oh one of the wizard of oz books and you also see it um behind her in one of the bookstore scenes and um and on the ornament there's a red ruby wasn't there a red shoe yeah i remember that that's interesting yeah so they yeah. have these like nods to the different um how the story was told differently yeah um, i don't know if the music choices were my favorite like somewhere in the rainbow for the last scene i don't know they could have done better and like sign seal cool. delivered i love i think it's a great song but it was a little too on the nose for him like showing up in her apartment when she's sick oh yeah um, no. um yeah. no i'm nitpicking though i mean it's i i think the i it's tough because there wasn't any musical scene like other than um over the rainbow like none of the songs are that memorable to me yeah yeah um, so i feel like into so this wasn't a strong movie in terms of music but i think it was strong in terms of lines yeah it was mm -hmm. and nora Ephron's got those witticisms yeah uh, should we do lingering questions? Yes, I think, Mary, you have a lot of lingering questions. I have I a lot. I'm going to condense it, but I, these are things I want to talk about specifically with you two. Um, okay, would you date someone that you met this way? Like, modernize it and make it Reddit or something else? Like, would a real relationship so. ever happen from this? I, I think so. I think, like, think so? one of the things, of, of the three of us, like, I'm, I'm in, I am in a relationship, and the thing is, we actually, and I tell people, like, we don't have a lot of the surface things in common. Um, what drew us together is, um, like, more of our philosophies. Yeah. I tell people, like, all my ex-boyfriends, like, we looked at each other, like, we were very, like, physically attracted. I, and I am very physically attracted to my significant other as well. But um, like, you know, he wasn't, he's not my, he wasn't the type of guy I dated before. Like he's not a musician or a, he's not tattooed. Like I was very into the artsy type. Um, but it feels like with him, we're looking in the same direction. Okay. And the nice thing about meeting someone with this, if you were able to keep the conversation quality the same, um, you can, um, I think you can get that sense of that person that way. But that's actually why online dating didn't really work well for me is it was hard. It was hard to meet. Um, it was hard to get that because like Layla astutely pointed out earlier, it's a little more shallow. You kind of just meet people for having things in common. Yeah, I mean, going back to the Steve Zahn thing of like, oh, why would I go on the internet? I can just get rejected by more girls. Well, you know, maybe there used to be sites like Match or eHarmony. Now there's apps, there's you know, Tinder or whatever. So you can literally swipe and reject however many guys yeah. in a single sitting. It's really and I And I know like you and I both know people where online dating was really successful. So oh, I would say, I was thinking about it. I think, like, if I chose my seven closest girlfriends from med school, uh, five out of seven probably met online. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, it's, I think for people that know what they want, and it's kind of, in real, now it's kind of switched the opposite, right? Where now it's like, if you know what you want, you want someone who has these qualities and, like, you have these things in common with, online dating works really well. But I, I think there's like, a whole I was culture. Very, like, I didn't know what I wanted. I think, um, yeah, and you might not know until you find it, but the, there's a whole culture of people that I think are very frustrated with online dating. Actually, the son of the couple that introduced my parents, they're also married and they have two sons. So it's funny they all ended up married. 
and he was talking about how he does a lot of uh, online dating apps and all the girls' profiles are the same. I love traveling. Dwight Schrute is my yeah. spirit animal. Da, da, da. Like, it seems really oddly specific, but he's like, they're all the same thing. And it's just how do people meet people? And his mom was like, well, you set up your friends. But it, yeah. I mean, that's, I don't think, uh, you know, it's, uh, I think there's definitely a lot of sub, subset of people that are just frustrated with online dating and don't want to do yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, we, we met very, um, it was, it was luck. It was at a bar. We, I mean, we went to, he also went to the same graduate, he went to the same graduate school I went to, but we didn't like align. We didn't um, overlap at all. We just saw each other like in the hallways. And yeah. um, so we'd like, that's maybe if anything that just started us talking because we like recognized each other. What about you, Layla? Would you date someone you met online or in this well, method? Um, maybe I'm, I'm still pretty optimistic and I would rather meet someone, uh, in the more traditional in-person way. Um, but I, I do feel like a, um, sort of online communication is like, like standard these days, even if I, I would prefer to meet them in person initially and, um, and then I wouldn't mind, you know, having to to continue the conversation on the internet, especially yeah. if like, you know, we're both busy, you know, it's very common for people to just like text all the time or Snapchat all the time. Like yeah. that's just what, what people do. But I, um, but I don't want to like have to um, like, Oh, I wonder what he looks like, or I wonder what his demeanor is. You know what I'm saying? Like that. Yeah. There's yeah a I lot think of there's a... an aspect. I mean, Helen, you and I were talking about this before. Like, there's definitely an aspect of online dating that can feel forced. When, you know, yes. when, it doesn't, when it doesn't work out, it can feel forced. Um, and yeah, I don't. I, mean, I believe in intuition, and my intuition doesn't work very well when it's online. I do agree with Layla that it used to be like not as much of a thing, and now now there's like essentially no stigma about it. Even no. I, I would say as recent as a few years ago, there was some stigma. I have a close friend who. Um, has this girlfriend and I remember asking him you know years ago when we first became friends oh how'd you meet her because I'm like how, I was curious how do people meet each other and he was like oh we actually uh, work together we work at the same hospital she was volunteering I was a med student there okay cool um a couple years later they come to where I live now we all go out for drinks and I'm like yeah I really like that story of how you and so-and-so met and she was like oh is that what he told you we met on Bumble <laughs> And he was That's like, I didn't, so and he funny. was like, yeah, I didn't know you guys that well. I didn't want to tell. Like, so even guys, it's funny they have a little bit of. That's a so about. funny, huh? And there's some people that you know. I've gone to like weddings, or I've heard of weddings where like people meet online and that's how they met and they don't really ever tell anyone and it's not on the wedding website and that's fine like but I don't think it's anything to be ashamed of. Well Mary and I we both we, we went to a wedding both of us went to a wedding where yes online and the um the person officiating a wedding referenced, they referenced that. it it was hilarious. It was so funny and I mean they were they weren't shameful of it at all they were like they no were, they were cool and I think like that's just a sign of kind of being comfortable in your skin. Yeah yeah I mean she um they're, they're a great couple it was I'm glad they met each other. Um, yeah, you never know. Especially in a place like New York City where it's so many people and it, it does help with the weeding, you know. Yeah, yeah. I could have easily gone to another bar and not, sure. I mean, I'm sure I would have met someone, but eventually. I think for as many people that live in New York, if you're, you know, not in a relationship, it can, it can be very lonely as all big cities. Yeah. Are. Okay, so, so I think another, another lingering question. Sorry, it was a little bit of a tangent, but those were interesting answers. 
Um, just a quick thing, Tom Hanks references is the 24 hour rule. Do we believe in that? If a guy gets your number, should he wait 24 hours to call or text? Okay, Ricky definitely waited 24 hours. I think you kind of have to. You kind of have to. And mm -hmm. I hate that answer, but that's my answer too. I know, and he does say, but he says I wouldn't have even done it. It was very cute. <laughs> I mean, it's nice when people are genuine about their interests, but I do think you can't be too yeah. eager. My dad, I think, waited like three days. My mom was like, what happened? Are you in my number? <laughs> oh my god. I love their story. Yeah, they played it, he played it super cool. It's funny. Um, did you have other questions? I think you had. Um, well, Leila, do you, what do you think of the 24 hour? Um, yeah, I agree. I, like, personally am not a very clingy person at all. And then when someone is very clingy towards me, I'm like, please step away. <laughs> so I do appreciate the 24 hour rule. Like let's have some mystery here, right? Some allure. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh my, yeah. You, you gotta have, I mean, it's not even playing games. It's like, it can be overwhelming. Like if someone's just too eager, maybe all those qualities and that like the cumulative will be great, but you gotta do it in like small doses. I don't think it's so exciting if, you know, off the bat, they're texting you all the time. Even if you're a big yeah. texter, which I am, like, that's, it's not fun. It's like, oh, how was your day? It's like, okay, I don't know you that well. Like, yeah. I don't know you like that yet. Um, yeah, I guess I had a question about. Yeah, that was my last, I know. I want to hear did you, did you have another question? No, I know. That's, that's all I had. Oh, I thought you had more than that. A lot of what I kind of, I think we'd be repeating ourselves like a oh, lot I see. We're about, but no, those are my two main ones I thought would be fun. Yeah, so for listeners, before we started recording, um, we had like talked a little bit. So we like, we, since we had talked a bit and it's, um, it seemed like when we started, so there were a lot of open-ended things, but, um, so that's what we were referencing. Um, the... I actually had a question, like, I can't let go of the fact that, like, they were technically with these other people, so, you know, I, and that is, like, serendipity, we were living together, he moved out, like, okay, like, they were probably scared, but then it was, like, did her and Frank, like, it seems to me that they must have not been that serious. She said they were practically living together, like, he had his own typewriter, he had his own place, but he was saying, he told her, like, I don't love you. But he didn't say, I don't love you anymore, which made me feel like they didn't, um, they never said, I love you. Yeah. So I don't know. I was just like wondering, like, how serious was that relationship? I'm also I, curious. I would say it was less serious than the Tom Hanks relationship, yeah. only because they were living together. Yeah, the other, um... But I mean, it, like, so telling in the first five minutes, he's like, Dave Chappelle's character is like, oh, did you guys get engaged? He's like, oh, what? No. Like, yeah. he, he hated her. And he was like, oh, no, she's great. She makes coffee nervous. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah. that's not someone, you, that's not something you say about someone you're going to marry. Yeah, right. Um, the other thing, I'm just, I would be, I'd be so curious to read what book um, Kathleen Kelly was writing at the end of the movie, because she said she was working on a children's book herself. She released that, Special Features. Special Features, or like a little, I don't know, I'd buy the book. <laughs> Do we have any other questions or final thoughts or anything? I think they'd get married. 
oh yeah, I guess we always talk about what happens after the movie. Yeah. They, have, they have to get married. I mean, she they gave have up to too get much. She gave up too much. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. probably they probably have like a very tasteful. No, maybe they get married up West Side. Maybe they get married like a museum or something. Yeah. I mean, do you think she'll make him sell a boat? Because she tells him I could never be with someone who. Oh, yeah, that's a such boat. a random detail that he has a boat. Yeah. Um, and he no, because she's still, so, he says, like, I couldn't be with someone who likes Pride and Prejudice. I'm sure she doesn't give up for Elizabeth Bennett in this regard. Yeah, I mean, or, you know, he says Joni Mitchell, I couldn't be with someone oh, who Oh, you're right, Joni. right. But he I says still don't think that she knowing, he says that knowing she likes Joni Mitchell. Yeah, that's a trope. I mean, that woman in Love Actually loves Joni Mitchell, too. It's such a, like, forlorn thing. Yeah. Um, I think they, neither of them give up either. Yeah, no, they'll, they'll learn. I guess that's what love is, when these rules you set up you realize you can break them for this yeah. person. Love means I, mean, I thought I would always say like I'll never be with someone who doesn't play a musical instrument. I don't know if I have like a deal breaker like that. Um, certainly not a musical instrument because I can't play anything. <laughs> yeah, it's um so news newsflash Ricky does not play a musical instrument. See, there you go. It, these rules are just you know at the end you kind of realize I think maybe that's what drew me to this movie is it like taught me at a young age like what love really means and they never actually say I love you to each other it's too soon I mean they don't really know each other no um and it's actually well, very chaste I kind of like it's a chaste movie like they just have the kiss yeah them. they they wait till the end to kiss um so it kind of I think was like this is what it really means like to have a connection with someone yeah um Beyond an internet so, connection. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's our show, our episode two on yes. the You uh, Got Mail starring Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. Um, if you have any lingering questions, comments, or suggestions, um, we are still learning and adjusting, but we'd love to hear it. Our um, Mary, what's our email address? Yeah. So it's just the name of our podcast, um, all lowercase, no punctuation to all the rom coms I've loved before at gmail.com. And I'll put that in our description box as well. So if you have any thoughts, feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and yeah, well, until next time, we'll have to come up with a third movie. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And if there's any, and if any of you all want to guest star, well, ideally someone we know. Ideally someone we know. Yeah. We're not ready for you strangers yet. <laughs> oh, but we'd love to hear from you. Um, yeah, we'd, we'd love to hear from you, strangers. We'd actually think, really love to hear from you if you have any safe, suggestions. It's a safe audience. According to our analytics, it's uh, 80% female audience. So. Okay, yeah. Thank um, you. We'd definitely love, not going to lie, our friends that email us, great job. I'm like, okay, but you're biased. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, and I think it's yeah, good to have different Especially guests, if there's right? any, oh, say that again, Mary? I think it's good that we're having different guest stars. So obviously we had Layla, who's a teen. We're going to have some guys on next. We yeah. have the guest stars lined up. Yeah, but if um, if you have any movie suggestions, um, uh, send them into the that, you know, let us know something that you really want us to do. Maybe it's already on our list, but it's not scheduled yet. If we get enough of um, a push for it, we'll, we'll yeah. move it to the top. So Slide into our DMs. Thank you again for joining us. And um, I'd also like to give a special thanks to my sister, Layla. Um, we hope that you come back and uh, join our show again. Yes, we definitely come back. Give us a team perspective. Thank you for, she's giving up the night before her high school graduation to be with us, people. Thank you. Yeah. Layla. And congratulations. No, thank you so much for having me. Yay. <laughs> Funny. Not everyone's getting an ID diploma this year, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much. You guys have such a great show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's fun. Until next time. Until next time. Thank <laughs> you.